We are beginning our Hero Series, and today is the first day of our Hero Series, and we're going to be doing it for the next three weeks. And y'all, I'm really excited because I'm kind of a nerd. I don't know if you guys got that from the last five minutes, but I love superhero movies. Pastor JL, I know you're not a fan. You just gave the biggest eye roll of your life, but that's okay because any other superhero fans in here? Yes, they are so much fun. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, Superheroes, they aren't real. I know. Um, Tobey Maguire, he doesn't actually have spidey senses. I know, it breaks my heart too, but superheroes, the ones that we see on Marvel are not real, and especially the ones that we see on DC, those are especially not real, okay? I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, but superheroes are not real, but it sucks because I get so involved in the movies. Like, I am just so emotionally attached to these characters. Like, I, I think I cried at like three times in Infinity War. Did anyone else cry? I was so emotional, you guys. I'm so attached to these characters. But the truth is, is sometimes I have to remind myself, Madeline, these aren't real characters, so you should probably stop crying right now. Like, that's what I had to do several times throughout the movie. But what's really cool about being a Christian is that I know that there actually were real-life superheroes, and they are in this book right here. So, yeah, Marvel superheroes aren't real, but there are real live ones that are in this book that we can read about whenever we want to. And that's what this series is going to be all about, is it's going to be diving into the different characters of the Bible and how awesome they are and their stories. So like Jesus, absolutely 100% a real life superhero. He performed miracles all the time. He raised people from the dead. Like it doesn't get cooler than that. Then there's this guy named Samson who has like superhuman strength. He's literally like the Hulk. And then his hair gets cut because he falls in love and then, you know, it gets awkward from there. And then, you know, there's this guy named David. Has anybody heard of David before? Yeah, David and Goliath, where he defeated a giant just as a teenager, and then he literally like ripped a lion in half with his bare hands. He was a superhero. My favorite one, though, was a guy named Balaam. Now, Balaam was this guy who owned a donkey, and he began to beat it and kick it. And the donkey got a voice and began to talk to Balaam and, tell, and told him to stop beating him up. Like straight up like Shrek. It was so cool. He was seriously a superhero. Not Balaam, but the donkey was a superhero. Like it's so cool. This book is filled with the craziest and the best characters of all time. And that's what we're going to be diving into for the next few weeks. But before we get into those actual heroes, we all decided that it would be awesome to just talk about the book first where all of their stories come from. Because you know, this is the Bible, and it's pretty cool. And so we thought it might be nice to talk about how it's relevant in our lives before we get to all of the different stories in there. And hopefully by the end, you guys will just have this passion and this want to get into this book and all that it is. So with that being said, let's just dive right into it. What is really important to know about the Bible is kind of the heart behind it and where it comes from and where it comes from. The Bible was written in various languages over the course of 1500 years and it actually comes from three different continents which is Asia and Africa and Europe. And it contains does anyone know how many books are in here? 66, thank you, Rachel, 66 different books and has about 35 different writers. They came from crazy varieties of backgrounds all these writers did. So some were like kings, some were like t 
taste testers where they like tested the food to see if it was poisonous. Some were fishermen, shepherds, military men. Um, Some were medical doctors or tax collectors or even a tent maker. They all come from these strange and weird places. Some came from prisons. Some came from palaces. Although these men came from all different places and backgrounds and times, what's really remarkable is the unity throughout the Bible. There is not one contradiction throughout any of these pages. And while that is miraculous, it is certainly not coincidental. No contradiction in about 1,200 pages or so. That's pretty crazy. And this is the proof that while there are many writers of the Bible, there's only one author, and that is God. He didn't write the Bible with his actual hands, but we know that every single word in it comes directly from him. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. So this verse is saying that the Bible and God, they're one in the same. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, if I'm honest right now, I would say that when I was your guys' age, I didn't really listen to the pastors here at 4640. I sat in these same seats just a few years ago. I was a student here at 4640, and I heard all the time how the pastors told me, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, and I never listened throughout my entire high school career. I worshiped, I had some sort of quiet time where I prayed and I did that kind of thing, but I never really got into it until about my freshman year of college. And so you guys can probably see where this sermon is going at some point. I'm gonna tell you guys to read your Bible, but I want you to really know my heart behind it. I'm not telling you this, I'm not judging you, I'm not saying that you're a bad person or a bad Christian if you don't read your Bible. I'm simply saying, I don't want you guys to make the same mistakes that I did when I was in high school. Because if we put that 2 Timothy verse back up, I did not have this kind of wisdom in my life. I didn't know what was true and I didn't know what was wrong in my life a lot of the time. I wasn't equipped, I wasn't prepared to do every single good work and that's what this book does. And because I didn't bother to open it, I didn't get any of that incredible wisdom throughout my high school career. And so as I'm preaching this to you guys, just know I was one of you guys just a few years ago and I was one that made the mistake not to open this book up and I regret it. And I hope that you guys choose to do better than I did because it is so amazing what can happen and how your life can change if you just dive into this book. If you even just try it for a week, you will see a difference in your life. But the sad fact is, is that a lot of us, we don't read the Bible. A a recent study found that only 45% of those who regularly attended church read the Bible more than once a week. Over 40% of the people attending read their Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. And these are regular churchgoers. These are people who go to church every single week. 40% of them only open it once or twice a month. It then goes on to say almost one in five churchgoers say they never have read the Bible, which is essentially the same number who said that they did read it every single day. And I'd be willing to bet that these numbers for young people go down significantly. 
And that's so sad, and it's kind of alarming, because then you realize that, again, in that Second Timothy verse, that none of us who are reading the Bible aren't getting those same advantages and that same wisdom either. And so we ask ourselves, why aren't we reading the Bible? Why won't we just try it out? Well, one of the biggest objections, objections that I had when I was your guys' age or that we hear a lot of times from you guys is that you can't really sure how, be sure how accurate it is or how relevant it is to your life. And so because of that, you're not really sure if it's really worth the investment. Well, that is completely valid, and I completely understand you're concerned with that. Because if you're gonna be spending so much time with something, you wanna make sure that it is accurate and you wanna make sure that it is relevant, even though it was written like 1,500 years ago. But the fact is, is that the Bible is accurate. And we know that because there were the 35 different writers and none of them came together at one point and figured out their story. None of them had some kind of conspiracy or outline where they all joined together and figured out what they wanted to say. They all wrote parts of the Bible remote from each other. And so we know because there were no contradictions that every single word in here has to be from God. There's just this theme of direction and uniformity and, and conformity and uh, continuity that just proves absolutely without a doubt that it comes from the mouth of God. Now, I'm going to ask you guys to please excuse my nerdiness in this coming part because um, on top of being a huge superhero fan, I am also a history major. And so, yeah, ouch, I know. I'm going to kind of geek out on you guys, but just hang with me here because it's really cool information, I promise. You guys are not buying it. Okay, just listen. Okay, so how you know that the Bible is accurate and it's real and it's relevant? We have copies of the book of just Isaiah, for example, one of many, that were written in 150 BC that match our current book of Isaiah in the Bible. As a history major, like that is absolutely mind-blowing. We don't have artifacts from that long ago. They disintegrate, they get destroyed. So the fact that we have those copies is absolutely incredible. Then we also have copies of the New Testament that contain most of Paul's letters that were dated all the way back to 100 AD. And then we can compare them word for word and know exactly that there's no editing, no deleting, or no tampering of any kind because we have those copies that match. And we also know that there are actually 6,000 different handwritten copies of the Bible that date all the way back to the very first centuries that prove to us, again, there hasn't been any tampering. And again, that is absolutely remarkable, the fact that we have all of those copies. And you can go and visit them a lot of the times in libraries or some kind of museum. Like, we can still view them to this day. So let's take it one step further. We looked at the historical side, how we have that proof, how we have that documentation. Now let's look at the mathematical side. And please excuse me here because you guys, math does not make sense to me, but this is pretty crazy. So in the Old Testament, there's all these predictions about who the Son of God was gonna be, where he was gonna come from, what he was gonna do, and all that kind of stuff. So there's 300 predictions throughout the Old Testament, a little bit over that. Well, in the New Testament, when the Son of God was born, he fulfilled every single one of those 300 prophecies. Now, that doesn't really seem like a big deal, but when you look at the mathematical probability of that happening, it's pretty incredible. So we find that the chance that any man that might have lived from the time of the prophets all the way up to present time that could fulfill even eight of these prophecies, that probability is one in 100 quadrillion. 
or one to the 17th power. Now, I'm not super good at math, but you guys know that that's like a crazy probability, right? To kind of put it into like a, a visual term or a visual way of thinking about it, it's like taking one silver dollar and marking it. And then you, like you have the entire state of Texas covered in silver dollars up to two feet high. You then drop that marked silver dollar, which is like this big, into the entire state of Texas. Then a man that is blindfolded flies over the state of Texas and picks one out of all of those. That is the same probability that he would get that silver dollar, that Jesus would fulfill eight of those prophecies. But Jesus didn't fulfill eight. He filled three hundred. I can't even imagine the mathematical probability of that. That absolutely boggles my mind. Now, your guys' next argument is usually, and it's a pretty good one, I'll admit it, you, you guys usually say, well, I come to church on a weekly basis. I'm here every single week at 4640, or I go to big church on Sundays. So if I'm getting that on a weekly basis, you guys are teaching me the Bible. I read the verses. I do the worship. Why do I need to read the Bible on top of that? Well, the truth is, you guys, is that you cannot rely on one church, a church service a week to fill you up spiritually. It's awesome that you guys come, and it's awesome that you guys get filled up that way, but you need more than that. You need time with God on a regular basis, and that is where the word comes in. It's common knowledge to everybody that a newborn can only drink milk, right? You guys know that, okay? So a newborn can only drink milk. Well, when you first learn about Jesus, when you first ask him into your heart and you begin your relationship with him, you're basically a newborn in your faith. So what you really need in that time is milk. That's all you can handle. And milk is the easy stuff when it comes to Christianity. It's the knowledge of God loves me unconditionally or he died on the cross for me. It's coming here and sitting and just listening to the word. It's easy to digest. But as you progress in your relationship with God, you begin to mature and you begin to grow and suddenly milk isn't enough to sustain you anymore. It's not fulfilling you. It's not keeping you going. It's not enough. And suddenly you find yourself needing more. You need meat. And that is what the Bible is. You guys, the Bible is the meat of the word. This is what sustains you. This is what keeps you going. This is what makes your relationship with God grow. And so while it's awesome that you guys come here every single week, God loves that and you do get filled up. You do get this time of just worship that is so incredible, but you're gonna need more than that. That's not enough to sustain. You need more than the milk. You need the meat as well. There are certain things, you guys, that we can't teach you. There are certain things that you have to learn within the pages of this book. Some of the sweetest and the most incredible life-changing things that God has told me has been through these pages. And it's not something that I could hear from anyone else. It's not something that anyone could, else could tell me. I had to hear it for myself. And if I had not picked up this Bible, uh, this Bible, I never would have. And the same goes for you guys. We can teach you and we can mentor you, but past a certain point, the Lord wants to speak to you on an individual basis and tell you things that only you can hear in these pages. One of the biggest things that we hear from you guys is just a concern that you don't hear from the Lord. You're worried because you feel like you can't hear his voice or like he doesn't talk to you. And a lot of times you think that he's mad at you. But the truth is, is he is waiting. He is waiting to speak to you through these pages. All you need to do is open them and he will just unleash every single word that he ever had for you upon you. 
You just have to give him the opportunity to do so. He's not mad at you. He just wants to talk to you through the living and the breathing word of God. Many of you haven't opened up your Bible before, and that's okay. I know it's a little bit intimidating. I know it's a little bit hard to kind of figure out where you even want to start. But once you do, I promise you guys, you will not regret it because the things that you will get out of these pages will absolutely change your life. You'll get everything that that 2 Timothy verse promised and more because the God, God and the word are one and he will speak to you. I promise if you just give him the chance, he will take your relationship to new levels. His word is trustworthy and true and we can bank our entire life on what fills these pages. You just have to get started. And so as we dig into this hero series in the coming weeks, I want you guys to just think about everything that is in this book, everything that could be in here for you. Maybe you love love stories. An awesome place for you guys to start would be Psalms. It's basically just a bunch of love poems from God to you or from us to God. If you guys love action, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel are an awesome, awesome place to start. If you just love Jesus and you're so passionate about him, we recommend starting in Luke or Mark or one of the gospels, and that would absolutely just completely fill you up with Jesus and his word and his story. So if you're confused about where to start or what's the best for you, just come and talk to us, and we would love to talk to you about it. But just know in these coming weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about, is the Bible and how awesome it is and some pretty crazy stories that happen within it. And hopefully you guys will just get this overwhelming hunger to get into those pages because once you do, you will never want to stop. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we love you so much and we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that you speak to us through it. And even though it is thousands of years old, it is so pertinent and relevant to our everyday lives. We praise you for the fact that we can find you in its pages whenever we want to. We love you so much, and I just ask that you be with us, each of us this week. You walk with us and just keep us safe and healthy and strong, and we just love you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.